Well, hello, and uh, thank you for joining the Film Survivor Podcast this week. I am your host, Tom Santilli, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you listening here this week. We are fast approaching the Survivor Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers finale. That's season 35 of Survivor, almost in the books. Uh, hard to believe, but the finale, of course, comes out this Wednesday. All kinds of things to talk about with that, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Today's podcast is a special episode. We're going to be talking movies. Uh, as people know, I'm a movie critic for Access.com and a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association and also the Detroit and online groups. But this time of year, not only is it Survivor Season finale time, but it is that time of year where people start releasing their best movies of the year. In addition to that, the big movie news, of course, is that Star Wars The Last Jedi is currently in theaters. Finally, the highly anticipated film is, is out, and uh, critics have been loving it, although the audience has been kind of split on it. So it's been a hot topic to talk about Star Wars. We're going to do that on the podcast today because I have a very special guest today on the show. Uh, it is none other than Lee Thomas. Lee Thomas, the Emmy Award-winning uh, TV personality, author, uh, just an all-around awesome guy. Uh, Lee Thomas, of course, appears on Fox 2. Uh, he's an anchor there, has been there for several, several years, a staple in the Fox market. Uh, but he's known internationally, really, for his uh, his books and just uh, you know his coverage over the years for various stations across this wonderful country. Uh, Lee Thomas is also the host and producer of Critic Lee Speaking, which is the half-hour show on Fox 2 Detroit all about movies. Uh, that's Critic Lee Speaking, like his name, L-E-E. So a little play on words there. But uh, Critically Speaking is, again, a half-hour show. Each week he is joined by two special MC movie critics, uh, none other than myself, and also Adam Graham of the Detroit News. Uh, we have had a great time on the show, and the show is coming up on having been on the air for nearly two years, which is pretty amazing, actually. Uh, the show, if you're not in the Detroit market, you can still catch Critically Speaking because we post full episodes to the Facebook page. Uh, there is a Facebook page on Critically Speaking that you can find, and I suggest that you follow it, uh, like it, and uh, you know you can watch full episodes as we review movies each week and talk about the latest movie news. So all of that being said, Lee Thomas, one of my idols, he's uh, one of the major film critics here in the Detroit market, and he's on the podcast today. We're going to be revealing our top five films of 2017. Uh, Lee's going to give us his five. I'm going to give you my five, and then we're going to argue <laughs> and agree to disagree on most of the, those choices. But uh, none other than Lee Thomas. We're also going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi just because it's out and it's hot. So without further ado, we're going to get into that interview with Lee Thomas, but stick around after the interview uh, because we're going to do a quick, short little preview as to what you can expect this coming week uh, as far as Survivor coverage as we get through Season 35 here and uh, move on to Season 36, which uh, is supposed to debut in February on CBS. So uh, stick around for that. But here it is, everybody, my uh, conversation uh, all about movies with none other than Lee Thomas. So Lee Thomas. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm this, doing good. This is super cool to get to talk to you on the podcast, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah, I um, appreciate you having me. 
it, you know, you've been uh, curious enough to have me as a guest on your show now. Going on, we're going on two years, I think. Oh, coming wow. on, isn't that something? Isn't that crazy? It's two years strong. You know, I knew we had a good mix when I got you and I got Adam together because there's something about the chemistry. And plus, <laughs> I love it when I can talk to guys that not only know about the movies but they know about cinematography and they look at the lighting and they look at the director right. and they have kind of. You know, kind of the expertise to back up the commentary. So but we're all fans too. Like, that's what love I like movies. about it too. We yeah, <laughs> we, we bring a lot of our own kind of stuff to the show. What yeah. I love too with yeah. about it, you know, we're talking about critically speaking on Fox Two, of course. People on Fridays at six thirty, yep. Saturdays yep. at nine thirty in the morning. But uh, I, I feel like I never, I'm I almost never in two years has it been like, oh man, he just said what I was going to say. Right. Like, it's always right. like we have our own take. compliment each other. Yeah, you come in to. and yeah. you just have these things. Yeah, so, yeah. but anyway, it's really cool for you to take time out oh, of your busy dude. So, um, I got you on the podcast today i wanted to chat briefly about just the year in general 2017 mm -hmm. we're going to talk about uh your five favorite movies of the year mm -hmm. and uh maybe hit on a little bit of star wars last jedi a little bit too how would nice. you though how would you categorize just in general how, what, what was the year of 2017 in the movies you know i thought that it was it, it was a decent year but it went through a lot of changes. I mean, can we talk a little business as well? Oh, yeah, man. Because streaming has changed everything so much. But a month ago or so, and we talked about it on, on the show, when, when Disney started making demands of the theater chains, mm. we're starting to enter an area that's really uncharted. And Netflix has so much new content that they're trying to get and get done before all these streaming services launch from all these different movie companies yep. that a lot of movies on Netflix got lost. So I think we got inundated with movies this year that a lot of people missed simply because there was so much product from so many places. So much content. We got Amazon making movies now. We got Netflix putting movies out now. We got Ooh. Annapurna who came yeah. here and did the movie Detroit, which which I tried to explain to them why it wasn't going to do well, then it didn't do well, and it just wasn't what they thought it was going to be. But there's just a lot of movies and a lot of product. And they're dealing with all those television shows that are streaming that have people, new term, binge-watching, you know, have people binge-watching. So I think there was a lot of product in this year of movies, but it was also a lot of stuff to sift through to get your audience's attention. And having, and back to Star Wars, Having that emotional connection to the content already is big in mm -hmm. this day and age when it comes to having a successful blockbuster film. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know this offhand, but I think of the top ten films of the year, I think mm -hmm. all of them were either sequels or part of the part Marvel of franchise you know, the or franchises. Kind of, yeah. or, you know, Star Wars is going to yeah. be in there. Uh, and so people always say to us, why, do they, why can't Hollywood come up with new stuff? Yeah. They do. You're just not watching it. Exactly. They come up with new stuff all the time. You're just not watching it. And it's kind of fitting that the year ended with uh, this big merger, potentially, mm -hmm. of Disney and Fox. Again, on the show, we cover this all the time, you know, the yeah. the, uh, the the changing landscape of, you know, people wanting, the studios wanting to get movies, um, you know, on demand that day, the mm -hmm. same day of release. You know, the, the threatening of the whole theater structure. Yeah. Disney starts making demands. They blacklisted a critic uh, in L.A., you which, know? Is, which is ridiculous yeah. to me. I mean, we should be able, in this day and age, we're 2017 heading into 2018, and in this day and age, we should be able to criticize each other and have civil discourse. Yeah. I mean, and not, not like kill a guy's livelihood just because he didn't like your product. You're absolutely right. That's, that's, I think that's ridiculous to me. America is built on, on, on differences 
and civil discourse, man. Yeah. I mean, I may disagree with you, and I do disagree with you a lot. <laughs> yes, you do. We disagree you a lot. Tell me. But still, I got much respect for your opinion, and your opinion is just as valid as my opinion when it comes to the movie. And I think it's I think it's going in the wrong direction yeah. when a movie company shuts you out yeah. uh, because of your opinion. And it's so crazy to me, too. It's kind of hypocritical because when it, when the critics come out and don't like a movie, mm-hmm. they kind of disregard it to the public. Oh, the critics, what do they know? Right. You know go see our movie anyway. Right. But then they obviously care, and we know. We're both in the Broadcast Film yeah. Critics Society yeah. or Association. We know how much money they they put into they the screeners really do. and the marketing screeners the movies. And, marketing. Want and us here's to vote. The, the other side of that coin is, as soon as a movie does well, they're quick to go. It has 99% exactly. on Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. These are the same critics that you said don't pay attention to last week. Exactly. It's like a love-hate dance that needs yeah. to be done. And I get it, but just don't shut guys out. Let them, let them do their thing. It'll be crazy to see where things go in 2018, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we end the year, though, again, the most anticipated movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into the top five, you know, films, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Last Jedi just came out. Uh, by the time people want, you listen to this podcast, I'll give a spoiler warning right now. But because I want to talk about spoilers, we can talk about whatever you want to do in the movie. I never spoil the movie, but you do what you got. Yeah, do. okay. And you I will back to. you up on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So we might we might spoil things, guys. So if you don't want to listen or don't want to hear about what's going on in Star Wars, pause the podcast right now. Come back to it <laughs> afterward. Uh, but with that being said. I know you asked this in the after show, mm-hmm. or you've asked me and Adam kind of randomly, um, yeah. but where does Star Wars Last Jedi fall to you on your list of the Star Wars movies? Okay, now, and, and this, is, this, is, this is easy to me because the first three Star Wars movies, I, I try not to touch them because I was younger when I saw them. They mean something to me yeah. as a young adult watching them and as a kid watching them. And so those movies are something different. So those first three... Empire Strikes Back is the best one to me. It's, yeah. the, it's the best one of the original three. Okay, and then those other three, they don't even really count to me. I mean, they were, they were movies. <laughs> okay, they, they were okay, uh, but I don't really think they advanced the franchise very much or added to what was already there. They're not terrible, but they're not anywhere close to what is now. So, if I had to, those first three, mainly The Empire Strikes Back was a great movie, and then it comes straight to The Force Awakens. That movie, if I had to go one, two, Empire Strikes Back, Force Awakens. Got it. Then back to the original Star Wars, <laughs> and then back here to the movie that's coming out. So the Force Jedi. Awakens was able to crack into that nostalgia for you. It, it, it was, and and but now that I'm an adult, I look at it from a different lens, and my different lens is J.J. Abrams took something that was uh, iconic, and he had to build on it and still pay respect to everything that had come in its past. Mm-hmm. And in this modern age, he had to make a film that kept the young people's attention and even drew them in more. Sure. And he was able to do all of those things in that movie, and he did it so very well. So on a cinematic achievement level, maybe it's not the best movie, sure. but for what it was meant to do in this day and age, yeah. it was uh, beyond what so many filmmakers have tried. Oh, so absolutely. many filmmakers have tried to do get half the attention and and come from a franchise and we're talking about people who tried to reinvent you try to reinvent die hard they've been reinventing james bond forever uh these movies not going to do as well didn't do as well is this guy reinventing star wars and that's if you consider too that jj abrams before reinventing star wars reinvented star trek 
which did. had been around for even longer he and did. was kind of getting stale. And he bre- he breathed a whole new life he into did. it for a new generation. I mean, that's kind of how he got the Star Wars mm-hmm. job because they figured if this guy can do this with Star Trek, he could probably and, do it with Star and Wars. And they had to talk him into it because he yeah. didn't want it. He's like, no. Plus, that's uh, sacrilegious in the fan base community. <laughs> Star Trek and Star Wars. If you're going to be a Trek, you can't be Wars, yeah, you right? Yeah, you can't do both, man. you got to pick one, or the, one side or the other. Uh, but, yeah, so... So that movie ranked, so The Last Jedi, to you then, was it's, a worthy follow-up to Force Awakens? Absolutely. Yeah. It was, It was. Um, I hate to say the perfect follow-up, but it did so many. I like how it did some unexpected things. And it, it almost punches you in the face with reminders. Like when, <laughs> right. when he steps out of the thing, I'm just going to say, he steps yeah, out yeah. of the thing and does the thing. And then after he does the thing, and you're like, oh, wow, I, I, I forgot they could do that. They can do that. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. It was like, man, it was like being a, it was like being whatever, 14, 15, sitting in the theater again and watching the watching it when it originally happened. Going, oh, yeah, the force is awesome. <laughs> well, here, here's a here's good. a minor spoiler uh, that, that I thought was, kind of represents how the whole movie went. Yeah. You know, the, the last movie ended and we see Ray holding out the lightsaber to give yeah. to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what does he do with it? He grabs it, tosses it over his shoulder. Tosses it, tosses it <laughs> off the cliff. Off the cliff. I know. Over his shoulder. <laughs> it, it, if you could have picked 50 reactions that he would have had, that wouldn't have been any of them. I know. And that's how I felt like the whole movie went. Like every yep. time they came to a point where you, the audience expectation was like, well, either this, this, or this is going to happen. They, they went in the option they went four in direction. direction. Yeah. And I totally wasn't expecting that. I, yeah. I literally went, what the? F- <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did he just do that? Yeah, and I was looking around uh, <laughs> with the guy sitting next to me. And I'm like, did he just really do that? He did that, right? Because it seemed like a like a... Almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. Like, did that just happen? How can he? That's a lightsaber, dude. Do you know what I do to get one of those handed <laughs> know, to me? Right? Right. You ju- and you're Luke Skywalker. You chunked it. In, a, in another I way, know. it kind of goes into his character though, it because does. he he's really so does. over the, the, whole the whole thing. thing so he doesn't yep. care about that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yep. Uh, the the new characters in the film we had you know, mainly there was the Rose character who's like a mechanic. Main, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also the Benicio de Toro character DJ. There's a couple yeah. other new characters. They had the mm-hmm. Porgs uh, or whatever. Love them. Yeah. So, are are these welcome additions to the franchise? What did you think of the, how they tried introducing new stuff into this movie? You know, I, I actually thought I actually thought that it was well done, and I'll tell you why. The Rose character is she's not strong. She's not uh, she's not an overbearing main character. She's she's an ancillary side character, but still had the history of her own depth of storyline, yeah, which is right. great writing. Uh, and also, she had uh, she built. Uh, there's a relationship, kind of, that's built with her character in the film, looking forward to the future. Um, I really like that they did that because we have these big, iconic characters coming back and seeing them on screen. I mean, we haven't seen Luke Skywalker and his sister together mm-hmm. in what 30, 40 years, yeah, man. And yeah. so those two characters being on screen, anybody else is not going to live up. Yeah. So I think they introduced them in small ways that was exactly what needed. Although I wish, I wish that the Finn character's plot line would have been a little different, but I will say it made me want to look forward to the next movie, which is exactly what a filmmaker wants. So 
I thought they did great with what they did with introducing new characters, new worlds. You know how they always have this fantastic, beautiful world. They have a they have a cool bar scene that you go into, casino. and there's creatures in yeah, the scene. Yeah. And so they have all of those elements are there, but they're not overbearing and they're not overt. We're not going, ooh, we're walking in the cantina right now. No, this is throwback. No, it's not overt. And, and, and it, they did it in subtle ways that I appreciated. There were some uh, p- kind of political themes in the movie, mm. too, that you could pull out. Now, I would argue that you could always probably do that with Star Wars. Absolutely. Maybe it's uh, the time we're living in now where everybody's hypersensitive, so we're picking up on it more. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like this movie was any more political uh, than previous Star Wars movies? No, I, I, I did not. And and I think it's it's really a sign of the times, you know, because every 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 period, every decade or 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 so goes through its own kind of what's the word, kind of zeitgeist, it's mm. mood of the times, yeah. you know? And right now we're going through this specific mood of the times, however you want to categorize sure. it. And you could go to the movie and pull that out if that's what you want to see. But the other thing that you that I can say is there's religious undertones that have always been in Star Absolutely. Wars. I mean, Luke Skywalker, kind of the character of Jesus, and he's a poor guy with nothing, and he turns out to be the chosen well, Anakin one. Anakin was Immaculate Conception. There you the go. And then, yeah. and then you come back to this. Ray yeah. is this poor who nobody knows where she came from who's her dad who's her mom there's some religious undertones that have always been there that you could pull out as well if religion was more the zeitgeist of the time so i say this movie kind of does the same thing that is so well and i call it with jedi doctrine it's so (laughs) steeped in being able to kind of walk that political religious thematical lines that that ring true with humanity that that the franchise has always been able to do and the writer what's his name ryan johnson yeah. director he was able to weave all that in there which is masterful man to be able to I, do that i totally agree i mean and it was bold again i think some of the stuff he did and it was bold mm-hmm. with you know as we talk about it right now the early reaction on this film critics loved it audience has kind of had a lower than expected uh, reaction to it so far. Mm -hmm. There's been people that have, I think right now coming into this conversation as we speak, I think the poll was like 65% only of moviegoers Mm -hmm. have uh, said that they like the movie, uh, which is way down from the critics, which are at like 95% right Right. now. Um, If you had to guess why audience mm-hmm. re- is reacting in this way what would you what do you think the issue is with the movie that they're having I, I always think that you 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 want to go in with lower expectations and yeah. because people's expectations get so high mm-hmm. and they're, they're in this movie specifically and with big movies usually you'll go oh let's go take in a movie what are we gonna go see <laughs> you don't start thinking a month ago I gotta go see this movie right and then you start scouring you try to avoid it I'm trying to avoid it then a week before you give in and start reading <laughs> other people's reviews sure. now regularly going to the movies you don't do all of those things yeah. but because people do and they read these initial uh, results or people's opinions it taints what they're gonna go in and see with they go in with great expectations we said it I mean we both agreed on this on the show we agree we just agree the first hour, and even maybe even longer, I say the first hour, yeah, yeah. it drags. Yeah. I mean, I looked at my watch. It drags. Yeah. Um, that's just the truth. And I say it's not a perfect movie, but it finishes out so strong. Yes. As a, as a critical uh, analysis, as a, a guy who does it for a living, you go back and say, you know what? The, fir- the last half is so strong. You can forgive that dragging in the first hour, but you still point out that it's there. Now, everybody's not going to hear that. They're going to hear our reviews and goes. Well, that guy loved it. Well, Tom loved it. I watched him. He said he loved it. I read his article. He said he loved it. Right, right, right. And they're going, well, Lee said he loved it. No, Lee said it's 
a very good movie. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Lee also said the first hour dragged. <laughs> yes. And it does drag. So yeah. when the first hour drags and they're sitting there, they'll come back to the, you said you love that. that. How did you say you love that movie? A lot of movies have parts that I don't like about <laughs> them. If you analyze it, you can pick it's apart nuanced. anything. Yeah, absolutely. But, but lower those expectations. Go in just expecting a good ride. Don't. Yeah. Don't put on that analysis hat of it's got to be this and I have to feel this. And it, it, if you can let that stuff go, I think you'll have a fun ride. Absolutely. Leave those expectations at home. Last note on Star Wars. Last question I'll yeah. ask you about this movie. The way that it went, again, you know, we I guess we haven't gone super spoilery, so I won't start now at this point. Yeah, <laughs> the, the way that things go in this movie uh, really, you know, everybody said, okay, Force Awakens is a lot like uh, A New Hope. And then this movie, the anticipation was that it was going to kind of mirror Empire Strikes Back. Right. It does and it doesn't. Right. It, it doesn't go the, the way that you think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. That sets up an interesting episode nine, mm-hmm. you know, in two years. Right. Where, where does this thing go from here? They can't, uh, you yeah. know, we, we've lost Carrie Fisher. Uh, where... You know, they can't... Uh, are they going to be making Star Wars movies in, in 20 yes. years from now that are still referencing back to the yes. 70s movies, do you think? Or do you think they're going to, at some point, become move their forward. own thing? Uh, move forward. I, I do. I think this is the advancement. I think that the character of Rey has a lot of questions that still are unanswered. I also think the character of Finn and Rey, mm. their relationship has a lot of questions that are still unanswered. And I, I also think there's a lot of places they could go with Oscar Isaac's character. <clears throat> He has a lot of ground that he could also cover. Yep. So I, 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 that's one thing that I was really like, I, at the end of the movie, I was like, I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah. And I'm thinking that, that it's perfect to do the, the, the ancillary ones, the Rogue Ones, the Han Solo uh, mm. yeah. movies, in, in that fashion, to tell those in-between stories and just let the Star Wars saga be the Star Wars yeah. saga and let it plot along. Yeah. I think that's a great direction to go instead of trying to shove you know, two Star Wars movies that are actual sequels down our throats every year. They're doing these ancillary stories that feed the, the main storyline. Yeah. I do think that they could... And here's the thing. Rey is a young woman mm-hmm. who hopefully in the future will fall in love. If she doesn't in this film, because I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> does she or does I just tease it a little. Right? <laughs> but women have children. Yeah. So yeah. You know, 50 years from now, when we're sitting on our rockers and, <laughs> and your son's talking about the yeah, yeah, Star yeah. Wars franchise, yeah. it'll be Ray's son that she's talking about, her daughter. Or, or maybe animals will be able to talk by then. It'll be their pet. Who knows? <laughs> on who planet the Disney that we're living on. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So who knows where they're able to take the storyline. <laughs> I, I think that the storyline has all of those elements of, 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 of tragedy and epic war proportions and all of those, you know, Greek mythology, religious lore. All of those things are within the context of the storyline. And George Lucas wrote it that way. Yeah. And because of that, it's going to have the legs to stand the test of time like Hercules. it will. You can tell yeah. this story again and again and again. And uh, there you go, man. There, there's Star Wars. Uh, we kind of put a bow on it there. I think people need to go see oh, it, though. One more thing I will say. Yeah. You mentioned A New Hope. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, a New Hope is the only movie that was actually owned. It was owned by Fox. The One of the movies in the whole franchise is that right? was actually owned by Fox. No kidding. Yep. And so, so now that Fox is buying... Or if Disney's, Disney's buying, Fox. buying Fox, they're actually going to own the whole franchise, the history of the franchise. Wow. Yeah, isn't that's that crazy. interesting? That and, is. You know, it's like the, the X-Men, the only sh- offshoot of Marvel Entertainment that wasn't owned by Disney. 
Now they did. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, oh, that's a whole nother podcast. I know, Fox right? I know. We get into that whole thing. <laughs> that thing is just an interesting deal, man. It uh, just is. On but, you know, many different levels. Maybe we'll do another one uh, next be, year. Maybe we next should. Next year we can talk it out. Yeah, man. when Disney buys out um, yeah. Sony and becomes 80% shareholders, know. you know, or something. Wow. Man, wow. oh, man. Yeah. We laugh about it now. Let's I hope know, that is in the future. Know, right? Right. It could be. Anyway, right. so let's segue in without further ado. Um, it's the end of the year. It's time to go over... Uh, the best films, Lee. Now, me and you, we spend, as we joke a lot, we spend a lot of time in, in the dark, uh, quietly sitting next to each other <laughs> throughout the year. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do. A lot of time in theaters. Uh, you easily have seen a couple hundred movies this year. Couple, Absolutely. At least. Easily. Yeah, easily. both of us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't think anybody sees as many as Adam Graham. The I know. Dude I know. sees more movies I than I could ever. That dude's a warrior, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, without that, just let's get into it, man. Uh, well, let me ask you a question yeah, yeah. up front. Uh, it's my top movies, but is it the top movies that I like or the ones that I think are going to win, win awards? For you, this I want this to be a personal well, for, for me, you. good. Then yeah, I can yeah. throw a couple of these awards ones out and throw the ones that I actually want to <laughs> okay, throw yeah, in. Okay, yeah, yeah. These are good. Lee Thomas's top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Lee oh, Thomas's good. top good. five. I'll throw this one out and I'll throw this one out and I'll add this one and this one. So uh, my number one movie, and you know what I'm about to say, <laughs> it's one word. Dunkirk. And I'll tell you why that is the best movie of the year, in my opinion. Tell I've me, told you this before, and I'll tell you again, Tom. Because Convince me. Rarely does a filmmaker get, in my opinion, everything right. And Christopher Nolan made this movie without a lead actor. There is no star in this movie. The star of the movie is the actual situation of Dunkirk. And he told the story from land, air, and sea. Three different perspectives, and the audience doesn't even realize it. Yeah. He took the actors back to the beaches of France, Dunkirk, where it actually happened, at the exact time of the year that it happened, so that the weather was the same as when the, when the, uh, the evacuation took place. He used uh, uh, as many people who knew of it or relatives were there. I mean, he really did his research on this movie. And it came together to give you like a visceral response of trying to survive as the land character was trying to survive and the guy in the air trying to survive. It, it just, it really, and the guys on the sea trying to help them survive. It really gave you a great education in filmmaking on how to tell a story without big stars and letting the story, which is what I always love, let the story be the star. And if something doesn't feed the story, <laughs> yeah. get it out of there. And Christopher Nolan is not great at doing that. He usually has some fat in his movies. But I think this movie did a great job of everything that filmmaking is about. And if and when I teach a college course in filmmaking, I will use this movie as an example of how to make a great movie. That's my number one. That's that, just one. I have four more to go I was, through. I was just going to say, <laughs> go ahead, I started off by having some comebacks. Hey, but that, <laughs> that, that explanation, that presentation of the uh, defense of Dunkirk is yes. hard, hard, to, hard to fight against. It, it just, I mean, there's no big names in this movie. There's no, and, Christopher and, Nolan is a master. I mean, he's, he's one of the, the working masters great. of our time, I think. You know, this guy, every movie is something that just totally turns the face of cinema like on its head. It, it does. I and, mean, you know, he put he put his he put his actors on this beach while this storm is going on and they're shooting during the storm. And the actors are thinking, and I only know because I, I read some stuff and watched an interview uh, from some of the actors, they're thinking, he's gonna rap and we're gonna leave. Because it's too bad out here for us to shoot. Craft table craft services table is blown away, which is what <laughs> actors think about. No. He's like, we're gonna shoot. They were tired, they were hungry and the weather sucked. What were they doing when they were trying to evacuate Dunkirk? 
They were tired, they were hungry, and the weather sucked. And if they could call it and say, hey, let's evacuate another day, they would have. But it was a war. So he put his actors right in the moment, in the exact same place. You cannot tell me the ghosts of Dunkirk were not there with him. What's the criticism that... You know, some people watch a film, because I, I agree with you on to some level, mm-hmm. but some people watch a movie, and because it doesn't have the star, because it doesn't have a lead performance, right. it throws people, and a lot of people have called it, like, hard to connect with on a personal level, because you don't right. get that personal story that people right. are kind of trained to look for in right. movies. Um, what, what's the defense of that? To, to them, I say the story is the star, yeah. but there's also leading men in it. Tom Hardy... As a pilot in the film, he's a great. He's one of the best to me. A little off in the head, but he's one of the best. That <laughs> makes him great. Uh, Richard uh, Jenkins. Richard Jenkins, and and also uh, the guy who just did the the train movie. Uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Plays a captain oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. in the thing as well. So there are leading men. There are quality actors in this movie. Uh, That's true. But there's just no. Star, meaning there's no lead role that you have to follow. If there's one role that you follow from beginning to end, it's a guy you never heard of. Was and it, he does a great job. Was it uh, was it any uh, choice? Was it Dunkirk by a mile over the other movies this year as your favorite, or was it? I mean, it just, not by a mile. Okay. The, the, the close second to me, and it's a more audience accessible movie, okay. is the, the Shape of Water. Shape That's of Water. my number two. The okay. Shape of Water is just a beautifully done film. An unlikely story that you just think this is stupid going in. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. A sea creature and a, and a mute woman. Yeah. What, what what are you doing, uh, Guillermo del Toro? What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> and then at the end of the film, you, you know, you get the tinglys. You, you do. You get the heartwarming thing. You, you you actually buy it, which is a lot for me to buy a sea creature movie. I'm usually not into those kind of things. But he really does, and and, and he's great at at making a movie visually stunning. Oh, and yeah. the water stuff in this movie is, it, it is. It's just, it's visually stunning. I liked it. That's my number two. Yep. My number three uh, for, for best movies of the year is The Post. The Post. I just thought that it's a story that we've never heard of uh, about some government paperwork that was <laughs> misappropriated again. And, some uh, people, again, now here's a movie. uncover it. Yeah, yeah. A, a movie that people say wasn't uh, good cinema because, like, how, what, how do you make the Pentagon Papers uh, exciting and, yeah. and compelling? Uh, Spielberg, of course, could make, you know, he could make I a know. movie about the phone book. And I know, he could make a napkin compelling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just, he's great at what he does, and yeah. the story is compelling. And talk about big stars, oh, Meryl Streep. And Tom Hanks, just to mention two, the big and the two, whole supporting the cast. whole supporting cast is fantastic, yeah. and it's just a compelling story. And the movie just works to me. Yeah, uh, that's my number three movie. It's well worth seeing. And unfortunately, here in this area, I don't know where people are listening to your podcast, wherever they are, but uh, go and see it. But here in this area, I don't think it opens till next year. Yeah, you're right. It's what, got, it's in January. The, something. What the what, man? <laughs> Why do we have to wait so long? Give the people what the want. If but you're looking, I can see at, getting out of the way of Star Wars. I was going to say, I can see that. and I as we know, that. looking forward into yeah. next weekend, uh, there's only about 35 movies coming out. So <laughs> I know, I know, maybe so it was the, the best to, idea. Maybe it is a it. smart idea. <laughs> All right, so what do I have? Two more for my top five. Oh no! Oh no! Now this one, this one is uh, uh, people are not going to expect it. In this <laughs> movie, I expected it to be. Uh, this is a podcast, so I can say turd. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. You can I, say worse I than expect it to be a, a, a cinematic turd floating <laughs> the bowl, just waiting to be flushed. That's what I thought this movie oh, was going to be. I'm scared to hear what, I know. what it is. Girls trip. A girls I trip. I went to that okay. movie thinking it was going to stink. <laughs> I thought it was like it's a low budget black version of Mom's Bad Moms. Bad Moms. Bad yep. Moms. Yep. 
It's not. It's it's actually to me. If it's not the funniest movie of the year, it's the funniest movie of the year. Uh, and and it put Tiffany Haddish yes. on a on a map that she never would have been on. No. And yeah, I just I I think that movie came out of nowhere, entertained me to the hill. I loved it, <laughs> and uh, and I just. It's one of those things you just didn't expect. So if you haven't seen Girls Trip already, rent it and watch it. Easy just to no kids. Easy no. to say that was the funniest movie of, of 2017. Then for you, best comedy. I, I just can't think of another one. Like Daddy's Home Two was pretty funny. Yeah. Bad Moms Christmas was just terrible. Oh, yeah. To me, if it comes to comedy, that one is the one that popped out. And you loved Bad Moms One, man. I so loved that, that Bad had Moms. To have been a huge I know. I know. I was two. very disappointed too. Yeah. And then my final movie of the year that's in the top five that rarely. Do you have a movie like this that you, uh, where you see something that you have never seen in the cinema? And this year we actually got that in a movie oh, I know what you're that, say. yeah, in a movie that we we both I think we both loved the movie and it was it was Loving Vincent. Yeah, uh, it was a, a Vincent Van Gogh paintings come to life. I had I've never seen a hand painted movie and it's almost like the movie is alive as it moves yeah. from painting every frame is moving. painted yeah. it, it, it's just a beautifully done movie it's like nothing you've ever seen before Absolutely. now the storyline is a little bit slow and maybe it drags a little bit the actual storyline but it gives you opportunity to see this movie yeah. because it's just beautiful to watch loving vincent should win an oscar is it in the animated category? I guess I don't know. I, I hope it wins something because that is just to be as a an achievement. achievement. Yeah, you're it right. It really is. It's like something I've never it was, seen before. For me, it was like I have a one-year-old now, so I know mm-hmm. sometimes you know you know we put them in. I wouldn't. Uh, this isn't a parenting advice show, so don't take this as uh, <laughs> advice. But sometimes we pop them down in front of the TV, yeah, and yeah. there's colors and stuff going on, Sesame Street or whatever, and he yeah. just sits there and goes, "Oh wow, man!" Stares at it. Yeah. That's why I fell in loving Vincent. Like. Half hour, forty five minutes into it, I was kind of like, "Yeah, the story isn't that interesting," mm-hmm. but I was still just kind of just staring at it. at it, like, "Oh man!" Like it could have went yeah. on for another hour yep. and been a terrible story, and I would have just been it looking kept at watching. It. Just yeah. kept watching. It was, I agree. It was fascinating. They just you could turn that movie on to me, and I told uh, the the filmmakers this. I had mm-hmm. the opportunity to interview the husband and wife filmmaker oh, cool, who yeah. made the movie, and I said, "You can you can put this movie on." in a museum. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and just have people walk through and and see the movie playing. They don't they can come in in the middle, stay for 15 minutes and leave. <laughs> they can sit there, watch the whole thing. Yep. I I literally think you can make this an exhibit in a museum and people would be fascinated by it. And one of the best things about it if you are a fan of Vincent Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. There are there are literal moments when you go, "Oh, that that's that's the postman. That's the yeah. I know that man. Yeah. Oh, that's Starry Starry Night. That's, I know they're, that one." They're like in there. And it go and it goes right yeah. by it's yeah. like it just it's like I, I know that one it's like I know then you want to you you almost want to look at some of the paintings before you go in the movie so that you can oh yeah I know that Point one, that's that yeah, one. That's it's that almost one. like that's they're that freeze one. frames from the movie now instead yeah. of having been playing yeah exactly I, I love that about that movie and, and if you want to if you want to if I was going to say uh, this is the one thing where uh, in the last five years I, I, I maybe even longer I, I've never seen a movie like Loving Vincent oh, so yeah. that has to be in my top five I that's a good one man yeah. I, I totally agree yeah. uh, just so I can have you on, on my own podcast just yep. so I can have you yell at me about Logan <laughs> one more no, time no do not this bring up Logan the last time we're going to talk about bring up Logan. I'm going to talk about no. my, I'm going to talk about my five no, in here. do your five <laughs> is, it, is Logan going to be in there Logan is not only in there oh my god here we go it's the number one movie no not me. number one <laughs> You're going to make it number one. I love Logan, dude. I can't help it. I love it. Tell me why I'm wrong. Lee. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, okay, first of all. So I get the last word. I see on okay. your show. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah,
But is it? That's is the it, best I've gotten out of you. Right <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it a great movie? No, uh, it's a good movie, but it's just not great. And here's here's my reasoning behind it. After uh, after uh, Ryan Reynolds came out with Deadpool, with Deadpool mm-hmm. they went back and, and and rewrote this movie and wrote this movie to have uh, to have like a, a deeper deeper impact edge. because at that point you, you could see that a movie could have more edge to it. Yeah, and so for their edge, they went. For more emotional, uh, a deeper emotional core, and, and, and almost it, it's it's almost uh, is it rated R? Yeah, it, it is rated R. It's yeah. rated yeah. It, I was gonna say it should almost be rated R, but yeah. it's it. And I personally think they went too far because you, you're in a franchise. This isn't a standalone movie. This is part of a franchise. It's part of a comic book franchise. Right. So you can't all of a sudden. Go, I want to make an R movie because I feel it's... Just, no, you have to... And here's another thing. To me, you have to stay true to the character. Not not to an actor's wanting to take the character somewhere that it's not within the realm. They did the same thing with this last Thor movie. and They tried to make him too funny. Thor's not funny. That's true. And so that's my main criticism with Logan. And also... It's a little bit too heavy. It the, the heaviness of the film drags it down. And because of that, the action scenes, they're not as fun. There's no, it's like almost no fun at all. Almost. And they, they, but with that said. You see me over here. Just I know, you're waiting, to get in, you're waiting to get in there. <laughs> with, with that said, I, like I said, it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's good. Yeah, sure. It's just not great to me. But I respect your opinion. Well, Why is it great? Here's my defense of Logan. Uh... This is what I really think about Logan. I uh, I'm uh, no, uh, I'm a comic book nerd, as we talk mm-hmm. about all mm-hmm. on the show, also a lot. Uh, I collected comic books. My first job was in a comic book store. You know, okay. that, that's what I did. Uh, if you are a, a comic book fan, you know, you know, if you're a fan of anything, you know mm-hmm. more about it than the most casual people, fan. Yeah, most. So yeah. It, most comic book fans know that comic books are not a kid medium. People call them the funny books still. And, and, no, and they're graphic novels. There's so yeah. much adult content that has been written over the years, mm-hmm. and characters that have been around for, uh, like Logan, for example, has been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's 50 years of this character. In the comic books, he's had multiple writers. Kind of, It's like a director mm-hmm. taking on a movie, right? and they do something different with it, like if Quentin Tarantino directs the next Star Trek movie. Are you going to tell me this is one of his storylines? This is a story from the comic book. This is it was and called it's, it's Old that Man Logan. Graphic? It was called well, yeah, and, and there's a lot of graphic uh, comic books like this that I think Hollywood has been scared up until now to go green light because they haven't had a market they thought for R-rated comic book movies. So the reason I love Logan oh, I is I feel like that was the door opening. Logan is like the the shiv that kind of showed people what a, a, the, what. Content, it could be. What content exists in the comic books. Uh-huh. And, and once those doors open, I'm telling you, there are so many R-rated, uh, and dare I say even worse than R-rated, right, <laughs> content right, right. In, in comic books that would be great for, for cinema, would be great for movies. So for me... Now, the, but here's you say yeah. Hollywood was scared. That's because Hollywood only gets scared when it doesn't make money. They didn't know. They don't know if there's a market for it, which is crazy because mm-hmm. in the comic book world, there's a huge market for it. These books are popular. Right. Uh, Wolverine too. I, I should say too. I think that there's something going on with the performance. Hugh Jackman to me 
uh, is awesome, and he's the only Wolverine. And I think if you there's other movies like you could look at and say, you know, if they tried to replace Indiana Jones as somebody else, like right. it's it Harrison be, Ford. It you know what be, I mean? Like it would be awkward. You yeah. can't do it. This guy, I think, has created such an iconic screen character, mm-hmm. and this is definitely his best, deepest performance as the character. As the character, I feel I'll, the same way I with will Patrick agree with Stewart. That. I'll agree with that. Um, and yeah, they took uh, you didn't. I didn't realize how much I cared about Wolverine or or Professor X until I saw Logan and saw. You know, you're watching all these movies, and the guy, good guys always win. Uh-huh. The fact that Logan goes through, and they're the fact that they're even at this point in their life, and right. like the mutants have lost and everything, is just yeah. a total flip of everything. Yeah, yeah. So for me, comic book movies are so formulaic, and the Marvel uh-huh. formula was cool, and then it's not cool anymore. Right. And they don't know what to do, so that's right. why they make Thor funny, yeah. and then he's not funny, so that movie yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. know what to do with it. So Logan gave me hope that there's a future for comic book movies. Yeah, I that's can what respect I that, man. Yeah. No, that's really cool. See, that gives me a new perspective. That's why I like talking <laughs> stuff out with go, experts, man. man. Yeah. Because I can respect that because, honestly, I didn't read the X-Men comic books. I, I stuck with Marvel and uh, the sure. Avengers, and I was in that category. And I didn't read much of the X-Men. The X-Men was more I knew of them. But they were really introduced to me on screen. Yeah, exactly. And that's how yeah. a lot of people know him. And, uh, hey, you know what? If you give me Logan, I'll give you Dunkirk. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. Number, let me go through yeah, the rest of my that, five. I'll but, buzz but, through them but quick. But your number one? Okay. That was, that's cool. <laughs> that was my number one. Let's that's go back cool. to, uh, I'm pulling up my own list here. That's how old I am. i got to remind myself what I got here. Uh, I had to actually write mine down on, on paper. With number two I got for me is uh, The Big Sick. Oh, I like that movie. Which I love that movie. Yeah, it came it out earlier in the year. Kumail yep. and Johnny. Just a great romantic comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I Michael like Showalter movie. directed that movie, mm-hmm. and he also did Hello, My Name is Doris, which is a I movie I really like. that movie. Yeah. That was so a good movie. He's kind of like a sneaky like director that I'm really interested in. Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah. Uh, number three for me, I know you're not going to like this one, Uh-oh. The Florida Project. I me, just, it's just not for me, man. <laughs> it's, a decent, it's a decent movie, and it's making a lot of people's top ten lists. Just, just now. It's a divisive kind of movie. I don't know if everybody will love it, but I really kind of just was affected by it. I'm a big yeah. Disney fan too. No, so I, I know someone who went saw it four times already. They Is that loved, right? Yeah, oh, they wow. loved it. They loved it. Yeah, Florida Project. Not a bad movie. It's good. Number four, I just saw recently. I missed it when it originally came out, and it's uh, Wind River. Love that movie. Yeah, man. I see. If I had a six, that would be my six. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yep. and, and now that movie's interesting because like uh, you know Jeremy <laughs> Renner, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, it's directed by Taylor, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan, who did a great job. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, he, uh, it's amazing. just a beautiful picture, and it's one of those. Yeah. It's one of those, those quiet kind of yeah. movies that that's just beautiful scenery, beautifully done, and a storyline that doesn't. It's not doesn't feel slow to me. Right. But it, it felt kind of like a peaceful progression. That is, it ends up shocking, but peaceful progression. Most I really movies enjoyed that rely movie. on contrivances, or like these characters have to be in this spot at the same time, or nothing would ever happen. Yep. You know what I mean? Like this movie just kind of goes. It seems yeah. very natural, and yeah. and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it's gonna. It had some issues during award season, just simply due to the fact it was out. Weinstein too. It, it's Weinstein, and they had and to scrub their name off of the ago. film. I know. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. I think that hurt its it, awards. You know that movie to me, Jerry, Jeremy Renner's great in the yes. lead role, and uh, the movie to me is like his character at, at one point uh, he, he's a guy who has lost you know mm. part of his yeah. family yeah. and at one point a guy gets ready to he's a guy's getting ready to say something uh, kind of not nice about what happened to him and he goes wait a minute make sure you want to say that you don't get to talk about that you don't get to talk about that at all mm. and, and that that's what mm. this movie is like to me yeah this movie is like 
it, it, it eases into these things and it doesn't go overboard yep. until it does. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It's yeah, one of those right. things where it's like, oh, the tension is there yep. and the tension is there. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then, it, and then the movie just kind it of... It sustains that tension. It like, does. Yeah, for it long does. periods of time. It does it yeah. so very well. And part, in a place we've never seen a, a, a Native American uh, reserve before. Oh, sure, right. Uh, like we've seen this. We're in there and, yeah. and we get you get to see a place you've never seen before. Uh, I could go on about it's Wind cold. River. That is a it's, great it choice. It feels great. Thank you. That's a great choice. Another, my, rounding out my top five uh, is a movie that I loved. I feel like it kind of got lost in mm-hmm. people's recognizing good year-end movies. But I, I absolutely loved uh, Blade Runner 2049 to I me. I disagree with you there, man. Yes. And I can disagree <laughs> with you on that one. But I, didn't, I, I thought the movie was, well... Well, here's, I'll let you say why. You know, here's why you in the same vein of kind of what you were talking about, Christopher Nolan, Yeah, I could not imagine a director making this movie, that the movie that ended up on the screen, to me just seemed Denis like Villeneuve. such an achievement. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve. Yes, Denis you're Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you say it. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, I just can't imagine how what it could have taken to make a movie like this. Like I feel like this was, a, was an a advancement in, in special effects. It really was. A, uh, it's a beautiful. Just film. can't believe it. And for it to be again kind of a cult movie, Blade Runner, mm-hmm. uh, revisiting it thirty years later, uh, and to to really blow away mm-hmm. and expand upon yeah, that original yeah, idea yeah. of Ridley Scott's. I just really thought it was a good movie. I, I gave it an A, a solid A when I was going back through my movies. Yeah. I remember loving it, but as I did my year-end reviews, I went through and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah. Like, and it almost fell yeah. off my radar it, for it, some it, reason. And it was just out two months ago, so <laughs> that's not good. What does that tell you? I right? know. T- well, but I loved the, it when I saw it. <laughs> here's the thing about the movie to me. I mean, it was it was a good movie. It absolutely wasn't. It wasn't great, but cinematically, if you're a fan of the actual art of making movies, yeah. it's it's spectacular. It's beautiful. It gets lost in the story a little bit to me. Yeah. And the other thing is, is this modern age didn't do it any justice. Cinematically, it did because the techniques he was able to use and some of the visuals he was able to create. Something, some things we've never seen before, sure. which were magical. Uh, but because... Everybody has a phone, and they're taking pictures and talking about things during production. He had to give away that Harrison Ford was in the movie. If he would not have done that, that movie would have been much better. And he tried to not do that until somebody was probably going to release it anyway, and so they gave it up. But because they gave it up... It, the whole thing, because you could tell, he's not even, because they say he's in the movie now, you know we're coming. expecting him to be in you the movie. You know he's coming at some and point. And it takes a while to get there. It sucks the but if, out of that. if they would have not let that be released, hmm. it would have been a much better movie. And I don't know why people are be- beating up the bad guy, whoever played the bad guy, what's his name, any actor oh, who owns a lot of stock and a bunch of, you know yeah, what I'm talking about. I do. That guy. But anyway, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. But if Leto. they, Jared Leto, yeah. there we go. If they would have held back that uh, the Harrison Ford was in it, so that when we first see him coming yeah. out with the yeah. with the with the gun, ah, it would have been magical, man. But for some reason, whatever reason, it got leaked, and now everybody Blade Runner fell short of Star Wars back in the day. It, it couldn't recreate the it magic, and it, 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 just it, it had again. it had the same secrecy yeah. around it. <laughs> it would have been better. You know that Wind River is a good get. That's a good. That's a good one. Put in your top five. Thanks, that man. should be number one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like those other four. You can yeah, especially your number one should be number one. <laughs> <laughs> Backtracking on Logan. I thought I convinced him. <laughs> Come on, I thought I had you. Well, Lee, man, this was super cool. I really appreciate you uh, taking anytime. the time to be on the podcast. Anytime. Uh, critically speaking, uh, I have, I'm having a lot of fun. I appreciate you I having appreciate me on the you show, being man. There, man. It's a good uh, fun. Again, people, Fridays at 6.30 yep. on Fox 2 in Detroit. 
Is it? Are, are we? Are we anywhere else? No, nah, just in Detroit, and then we throw it online on Sunday. So we're on Facebook Friday, six thirty. Sunday, nine thirty, and then we put it on Facebook uh, Sunday at eleven o'clock. So Saturday at nine thirty, and then on Facebook Sunday at eleven a.m. And anybody around the world can watch. And for the hardcore, critically speaking, fans, we do a little after show thing on Facebook 10, too. Ten ten thirty. I throw that online right after the show on yeah. Saturday. Cool, man. Yep. Well, Lee, uh, how can people find you if they wanted to? Oh yeah, I'm I'm at Lee Thomas TV on Twitter, and of course. Uh, at Critically Speaking or at Critically 2017 on Facebook. Anything else you want to tell the people? Nah, man, just keep watching. Keep talking about movies. I love movie talk, so <laughs> stick, stick with it. It's always fun. All right, my man. Lee, thank you very pleasure. much. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. We'll always here. a pleasure. All yep. right. So there it is. I hope you enjoyed uh, my interview and, and talk with Lee. It's always fun. Uh, it's always fun to talk with him about movies. Again, you can catch Critically Speaking on Fox 2 every Friday at 630 Again, on Saturday mornings at 9.30, or you can follow the show on our Facebook page. Not only do we post full episodes up there, but we also do a little uh, quick after-show uh, post on Facebook each week, a little bonus coverage, uh, so you can check that out on the page as well. So hope you guys follow that and uh, check that out. Uh, but moving on from movies, we are now, as we speak, I'm recording this, it's the Tuesday right before finale of Survivor Season 35, of course, which is tomorrow night, two-hour finale on CBS, of course, starting at 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, followed by the one-hour live reunion show. Uh, This season is ramping up. There's five people remaining in the show, and uh, the early promo ads are out, and it's promising us a finish uh, like no other season of Survivor, which has a lot of people talking. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, guessing, I guess, spoiler alert, a lot of people speculating that there might be a tie for the first time in the history of a finale vote uh, simply because, A, the ads are telling us there's a finish that we've never seen before, and also because uh, spontaneously at last live reunion in May, uh, Jeff Probst seemed uh, to want to explain to us what would happen in the case of a tie, uh, which he's never really done before even though there's been speculation uh, but the, I think he was maybe laying the groundwork for what we might be seeing coming up this week. So it should be an amazing, exciting finish. I hope everybody is uh, excited for it, as I have been. The season, I know people haven't been you know, up on all the way through. However, it's, it's been finishing strong. The last few weeks have been really good. There have been some good episodes mixed in there, uh, here and there. Uh, but overall, this cast I really have liked, and we're going to see how it shakes out. You know, we're down to, let's see, we got Chrissy, you got Ben, you got Ryan, you got uh, Dr. Mike, and you got Devin. And those are the five left. One of them is going to win Survivor, and it's probably going to be dramatic. So what you can expect from me is on Wednesday night, once again, as always, on realityt.com, uh, you can find my full recap. I'm going to be uh, posting that as soon as I can after the live reunion show on Wednesday night. Uh, so we're going to have that posted, and uh, you know we'll go over, of course, everything that happened and talk about everything in great detail. Uh, following that up on Thursday, it's going to be a mega-sized episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to have interviews with all five of the remaining survivors, including the survivor winner, the sole survivor of Season 35. So all five uh, people are going to be on the podcast, uh, and so you're not going to want to miss that finale episode of the film survivor podcast uh in addition to that uh we're also going to i'm going to be putting out my updated survivor rankings 
uh, every year since I've been covering the show. I've done an updated, uh, you know, most memorable, best seasons ever, and also uh, an all-time like winners list. You know, where does the winner of the season rank among the all-time great winners? Uh, I know that Entertainment Weekly just did a huge poll on that, which is interesting. But uh, you can check out my list. So if you have some feedback as to where this season should rank or where this season's winner should rank on the list, make sure to hit me up, uh, comment on this podcast, or go to realityt.com on my column and uh, you know join into the fun in the uh, comment section there. So all of that being said, once we get through the finale and the recap and the mega episode of the podcast with all five interviews, once I get out my season rankings and all-time winner rankings, that's going to put a cap on the podcast uh, for this season. We'll do a look ahead a little bit as we, you know, usually we get a preview at the live reading show of season 36, the upcoming season. Uh, it's set to be uh, to debut in February. But uh, yeah, that'll put a wrap on the survivor portion of this podcast for a good month or so until we start looking forward to the next uh, season with the cast announcements and all those kinds of things that I'm sure will come uh, sometime in January. But don't go away if you're a fan of movies because uh, there's lots to come. This is uh, maybe the you know off-air time for Survivor, but this is a time of year where it heats up when it comes to movies. Uh, so we're going to not only be covering some movies, we might have some interviews mixed in there. We might do another uh, Star Wars extended podcast where we get in-depth with some of that, uh, just because I know that everybody wants to be talking about Star Wars right now. Uh, but then when you get into January, you got the uh, Oscar nominations will be coming out. I'll be attending live the uh, Critics' Choice Awards in January as well. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association who put on those awards. So that'll be cool. So I might do a podcast from there. Uh, and anyway, lots of stuff to, to, to get you through to the next season of Survivor. So again, I always say this, but if you love Survivor, this is a great podcast for you. If you love movies, this is a great podcast for you. But if you love both movies and Survivor like I do, uh, this should be your favorite podcast. So I do appreciate you listening. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Tom Santilli. And, uh, of course, you can go to TomSantilli.com. Uh, you can read all of my stuff. I, I tweet out everything. That's usually the easiest way to f- figure out what I'm putting out there. But movie reviews, all kinds of movies coming out this weekend. So hit me up on Twitter. Uh, check out my reviews. And, uh, yeah, check out my Survivor coverage this week. That'll do it for this special episode. I, again, want to thank Lee Thomas for joining me on the podcast, revealing our best picks of the year. Uh, please listen to some back episodes, guys. We have interviews with pretty much everybody uh, that's been on the show this year on Survivor. Uh, and, yeah, looking forward to it. We will see you guys in just a few days to talk about this finale. Let's hope it's a good one. I'm Tom Santilli. We'll talk to you later.